Come to me if you're weary or burdened, and I'll give you rest. I don't know about you, I like the concept of rest. Anybody here against rest? Any anti-resters here? Yeah, we like rest. This is what Jesus says. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is a God of paradox. Have you ever noticed that? Do you know what a paradox is? A paradox is a thing um, which actually in all essence doesn't appear to make sense, and yet somehow it works. And uh, God's a bit like that. It doesn't make sense, and yet somehow it works. Um, And the trouble for a lot of us who follow Jesus after a while is that we confuse other people. Uh, because we start to think paradoxically. Because we get used to how God thinks, we start to make a sense of things that to a lot of other people sounds just plain stupid. Uh, And yet somehow it works. Our God is a God of paradox. And paradox, His ways, we get told in the Bible, are not our ways. And His thoughts are not our thoughts. In fact, His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But they're certainly not the same. That is for sure. But they're paradoxical. He chooses to reveal strength through weakness. He chooses to reveal wisdom through little children. That doesn't make sense. We don't think like that. We think that strength is displayed through, well, strength. And, uh, and really, the, our, well, it used to be that wisdom came from age, but now we've moved into a, a cultural concept which says, my opinion is always right, and your opinion is always right. But actually, everybody's opinion is always right. That's, uh, but especially my opinion is always, that's not egocentric at all, is it? Um, it's all about me. It is. At least we used to think it was all about me, but, but in fact, we've discovered last week who it's all about. It's all about Tony Roddy. It's, it's all about us. And that, 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 that's paradoxical, because God says, no, it's not. You're not the center of the known universe. In fact, I am. That's interesting. You see, the Bible teaches that if we give, we receive. By giving, we have. By submitting, we find freedom. By dying, we find life. That's not usually the way it is, is it? We generally go that by getting, we have. By refusing to submit, 
we gain freedom. Look at all your movies. Though, if it's Hollywood, mostly you need to kill people to get freedom, which is also not brilliant. Um, by fighting death, by having a battle with death, so we discover life. God isn't saying that. That's really paradoxical, isn't it? That's almost counterintuitive. I mean, let's be honest. If we accumulate a load of stuff, well, frankly, we have stuff. If we give it away, well, we have less stuff. Well, how can we get by giving? That's paradoxical. It's interesting, isn't it? Here's the other interesting thing, is that our thinking is this. We get rest by doing nothing. I mean, that's a bit obvious, isn't it? I've, I've lived a long time. I think next is my 128th birthday. I've been around a long time. And this is what I've discovered, is that for an awful lot of people, I've worked in a lot of workplaces, a lot of different workplaces, and essentially, most of the people that I meet, this is what they dream of. They dream of stopping. They just dream of stopping. Now that tells you something about the pace that we live life. That just what I want to do is stop. Now the interesting thing is that lots of people retire and, and do nothing, and they get sick. They get sick. My, my dad, bless him, did this. He retired and, uh, and had nothing to retire to. Uh, and he was in a really challenging job, and it was just such a relief to him to get off the treadmill and do nothing. And it did him no favors at all none whatsoever and mental health plagued him for the rest of his life interesting interesting choices but that's not uncommon that's not uncommon but we get rest by doing nothing and yet God doesn't say that Jesus doesn't say that here are, here are some other here are some other interesting things so World religion tells us that by effort and concentration and self-denial and all manner of other behaviors, we can find God. But that's not the case. What does Jesus say? Jesus says that only the Son knows the Father, and here's the bit, and those whom he chooses to reveal him. So Jesus chooses to reveal the Father. Not us. Now the question is, how do we persuade Jesus to reveal the Father? What do we, what do we give to Jesus? What do, we, what do we throw at Jesus? What do we... What do we entice Jesus with? What, and the answer is, well, nothing, really. Nothing. We don't have anything. 
and yet still Jesus is there. Now, the trouble with this for most people is, I don't want Jesus to reveal the Father. What do children say? I want to do it myself. I can do it. No, leave me alone. I can do it. Did you do that when you were… Can you remember when you were a child? <laughs> Fortunately, I have grandchildren that can remind me um, of how children behave because my childhood… Well, really, it's become an archaeological study. It's that long ago. Um, there are relics of it that get dug up all over the place, much to my embarrassment. Um, this idea becomes a stumbling block. And here's the interesting thing, is that Jesus is not only a stumbling block to people who are not Christians. Jesus becomes a stumbling block to Christians. Because, you see, after a while, Christians start to become so acclimatized to Jesus that they just want to dispense with Him. They want to head towards the throne room and go, thanks, Jesus, I know my way. This is very dangerous thinking because the truth is no one, no one accesses the Father except through Jesus. Jesus is not the doorkeeper. Jesus is the means. And, and even Christians stumble on this. And one of the reasons for this, of course, paradoxically, is that Jesus is a person you can get to know. And that gets in the way of a relationship with God. See, that's a paradox, isn't it? That you can get to know Jesus, that gets in the way of a relationship with God. How can that be? Well, I'll tell you how that can be. Because, you see, just think about God. The Bible tells us no one's ever seen God. So here's the thing about God. If you have no revelation of God, then you can essentially generate God how you want Him to be. That's really handy. I mean, let's be honest, that's handy, isn't it? You know, I'll, I'll edit out the difficult stuff and I'll edit in the good stuff and I'll, you know, whatever, whichever bit we like. If we like the power, we'll have that. If we like the warm and cozy, we'll have that. Uh, it, you know, if we like the vengeance, we'll have that. If we, and, and actually, we can generate it. The same with the Holy Spirit. I mean, even Jesus says, well, the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit goes and nobody quite knows where He goes and what He does. Now, don't get me wrong. God's desire is, is that the Holy Spirit reveals Himself and that we understand the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, those people who say, well, I've been a Christian 50 years and I still don't know what the Holy Spirit does. Really, you shouldn't be like that because God likes to reveal. But the Holy Spirit is mysterious and that's the great thing. Nobody can actually say that. I don't know if about you, but I've had lots of people come to me with very manipulative statements and said, the Spirit has told me. Now, I'm always polite, but in my head I'm going, which Spirit told you? But I never actually say that because, as you know, I'm a nice guy and, and afraid of most people too. So I don't say that. But there's the thing. We can, we can make the Spirit almost anything that we want. I know that sounds a terrible thing, but it's, it's, it's how it is. The difficulty with Jesus, and I apologize for this, 
is that Jesus is an actual person. You know, he has substance and being and personality, and he is revealed to us. So it's very difficult to generate Jesus in whatever image we want. We actually basically have to date Jesus as he is. And the trouble with that is that we then have to submit what we want and take what Jesus gives. And I don't know about you, sometimes I like to decide what I want. You see, my parents always thought that they knew best for me. They were so wrong from the beginning. Anyway, you know what I mean. And that's the difficulty with Jesus. Jesus is an actual person. You know, you can't generate me how you want me to be. Ask my wife. Yes, I know you do. (laughs) And the trouble is, I just don't cooperate. And sometimes, bless her for my ultra-patient wife, that is a stumbling block. Well, Jesus is the same. He just doesn't comply, and that for many people becomes a stumbling block. Are you following me with this? Jesus is a stumbling block because you cannot make Jesus be something that he's not. And there's too much of him around to kid yourself. That is important. So how do we do this? Well, we have to become dependent on Jesus. And a lot of us don't like being dependent. A lot of people don't want to be dependent. We want to be like children and say, I can do it myself. And I will cooperate with you as long as I agree, but I reserve the right to not cooperate when I don't. Um, I don't know about you, just because just, I do this, just so you know, don't feel bad. What I tend to do is I tend to do this sort of, um, you know, this sort of blinkered known cooperation. So I, I kind of know, I just refuse to acknowledge it. I sort of pace along as though it doesn't exist. I know it exists, but I, you know, do you do do that? Just ignore it, just ignore it, it's fine. I do that. Because Jesus is very hard to escape. You see, I can say things, I don't, but I could, could say things, well, I don't believe in a God like that, who'd ask me to do that, who thinks like that? I've, I've invented another one. I don't believe the Holy Spirit is prompting me there or prompting me there because, frankly, that's quite uncomfortable. The trouble with Jesus is he's just a bit inescapable, and that's a stumbling block, which is interesting. Anyway, here's the thing. The challenge for us is always not to have Jesus fit our priorities but to have our priorities fit in with Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that that's most important is that we have to learn from Jesus. Now, I know that quite often the Christian walk is the opposite. We kind of take a hold of Jesus and we go, 
right, I have an induction package. Now that you've taken me on, I want to induct you into the things that I like and I don't like, and the things I'm prepared to do and the things I'm not prepared to do, and the things I'm interested in and I'm not. And I've made up a short list of things that you didn't bother calling me to, because that ain't happening. And I'll induct you, Jesus, into Graham management. And that's not the deal. It's interesting, isn't it? But learning is something that goes on. So here's the thing about learning. Learning is this. Learning is a change, usually a change in behavior. A lot of people think that learning is just the accumulation of information or of knowledge, but it isn't. Learning is where there is an impact, where there is change. I have learned that. I'll give you an example. So God says, don't worry about anything. When your money's short, I'll provide for you. Who, who knows that? Who knows that? Only one person knows that that's what God says, I'll provide. Who knows? Yeah, we know it. So you're short of money. You don't worry then. You do worry. Yeah, sometimes. Me too, by the way, just so you know, okay. And all those people with their hands down like that, they do too, just so you know. You're not fooling me. But here's the thing. So we know it, but we don't act on it. Nothing has changed. We haven't learned. We know, but we haven't learned. Learned is about change. And that's interesting. Now, the interesting thing about learning is that people don't really like it. I used to work, I worked for a very, very long time in training in public sector areas and so on. And here's the thing. Whenever there was a financial squeeze on an organization, the first thing that went was training. The first saving that ever got made was training. So the training, the training department would get cut, and, uh, and the training package would draw, and we'd lose trainers and so on. And uh, I worked for several different organizations. Same thing happened. So everybody saved money for the first six months, the first eight months. Meanwhile, new staff are coming in. They're getting training on site. Uh, people are forgetting what they've learned. The number of complaints goes up. The number of disciplinaries goes up because people are not receiving training. New staff coming in, making mistakes, getting into difficulty. Uh, sickness and stress goes up, and so on. And then in two or three of the organizations I've worked for, Ofsted comes in. And Ofsted says, your staff don't know what they're doing. Where's your training package? Now, I know the organization mumbles in and doesn't go, forget it, look at our budgets. Now, can I tell you something that happened? I used to work in South America for a Christian charity. One of the things I used to do when I was over in the UK was I used to do contract training to fundraise for the charity. And I have gone into organizations that I've worked for and been paid five times as much to train the packages that I used to train for them before they cut their training department because they're under pressure to get their training done. Which was great for the charity, great for the work in Guyana, 
But you kind of think, why did you do that then? Interesting, isn't it? When we're under pressure, I'm just telling you this, one of the things that happens when we're under pressure is we stop learning. I don't know if you'd realize that, but that's one of the things that we do. We stop learning. And the reason that we stop learning is because we go into agitation mode and we go to what's familiar. We do the default. Which is why when we're under pressure, we do the same thing that didn't work last time and are really disappointed that it didn't work this time because we haven't learned. Now, Jesus wants us to learn from him. Jesus says, I want you to learn from me. And I want to say a couple of things about this. First of all, it's paradoxical to learn from Jesus. It's paradoxical to learn from Jesus in several ways. But here's the thing. Generally speaking, when we want to learn properly, we have to learn from a place of peace or rest. Because when we're under pressure, we don't learn. Does that make sense? But when do we ask Jesus what to do? When we're under pressure. So what's the time that we ought to be learning from Jesus? When we're not under pressure. That's when we should be learning. And to do that, it has to be in a routine, doesn't it? It has to be in a routine. Learning from Jesus has to be in a routine. It has to be normal. It can't be emergency training only. Because usually we look, well, maybe you don't, I do. I look back on that and I go, thank you, Jesus, you bailed me out. My goodness, I won't do that again. That turns out to be a lie, by the way. Because I do. Why is that? Because I was under pressure and I didn't learn. Does that happen to you? Who does that happen to? Three of you, four of you, five of you. You're lying. It's all of you. I know this. Trust me. But that we can't do. So instead, when we are at rest and at peace, and we could do nothing, yes, doing nothing, my favorite activity, nothing, we could do nothing, instead we learn from Jesus. I'm sorry, that's the yoke. Because Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. When do you do that? Emergency? No. You make space and you put the yoke on and learn. You understand what I'm saying here? You understand what I'm saying? But here's the thing, and it is a difficult thing for us because paradoxically what I'm telling you is this. No yoke, no rest. Hang on a second. The rest time is when I take the yoke off. No. Paradox. No yoke, no rest. Because we never learn to rest 
properly. And the only way we're ever going to do that is to learn it from Jesus. And the time that we do that is when we're not under pressure. So we put on the yoke and paradoxically, we rest. I know it doesn't make sense. It's not my fault. I didn't say it. Don't shoot the messenger. Or if you do, just wing the yoke on either side. It's not me. It's paradoxical, but it's the truth. No yoke, no rest. But I'll tell you this, and you know it already, so you don't even need me to tell you, is this, that if you put on Jesus' yoke, you will find that it's an awful lot lighter than any yoke you put on yourself or you let anybody else put on you. Is that true? Can I have amen? But it's here. Choose your yoke. It's a reality. We breathe in and out. We eat, we sleep, we interact. These are parts of our human. We must earn a living. That's part of being human. We have family responsibilities. We have a natural inbred drive to learn. In fact, human beings are unique because unlike any other species on the planet, we will drive ourselves to learn when we don't actually need to learn. We just learn for the sake of it, which is a really fantastic thing, but it makes us unique. So human life is that. It's, it's busy. It's driven. It's got things in it. Does your brain ever switch off? Only when you're speaking, Graham. <laughs> Does your brain, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of the night and I want my brain to switch off. Does it ever switch off? It doesn't. Even when we're asleep, our brain is working. Continual inactivity is unhealthy. And continual spiritual inactivity is unhealthy. Human life is like that. So here we see that there's a paradox now, this is how a lot of us learned to build our Christian life. I gave my life to Jesus, and I inherited a list of rules. Did that happen to you? That certainly happened to me. Okay, so conduct those rules. Now, that took a bit of adjusting. Don't get me wrong. So, I had my normal teenage life, and then I had to start obeying a range of rules. So, I, I factored them into my life. I was given a certain amount of attendance that I was required, and I have to say, in my own defense, there was a certain amount of attendance I actually wanted too. I had to factor them into my life, so I built them into my life as well. And, and so I, I got to a nice balance, a rather good balance. But here was the problem for me, that when I left home, and was left to my own devices, I was no longer subject to external influence. And it all went a bit wrong. And here's the trouble, was that I had Jesus on the outside, but I still had me on the inside. Now here's toddler think, just so you know, toddler think. 
that most human beings can't grow out of, but it is toddler thinking. It's this. If I am the center, I won't miss out. If I am not the center, I will miss out. So here's the paradox. If you are the center, you will miss out. And if Jesus is the center, you won't miss out. But we go, what about my work? You won't miss out. What about all the things I want? You won't miss out. What about paying more? You won't miss out. What about all those things that you won't miss out? But putting Jesus in the middle is a paradoxical risk because the risk is that he might not. And you're already worried. Let me give you an idea. Right, here's the thing. Just, just, just don't think of anything for a second. Imagine I'm talking. Don't think of anything. Right. Now then, what I'm going to say to you is this. Today, I want you to give everything up for Jesus. Today, right now, I want you to give up everything for Jesus. Did you hear me? Did you hear me say that? Right. How many of you almost instinctively made a list of things that need attention if you're going to do that? Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, but what about, what about, what about, what about? Paradoxically, Jesus has it all in hand. We can afford to put him in the middle and learn. So how do we do that? Well, we have to learn about Jesus. Right, you don't, you don't go and see somebody you don't know and make a big purchase from them. You research the company they work for. You check they're legit. You make out they're all right. You do know this, don't you? Never buy anything over the phone. Or anybody comes to you with a product. Or if you want a product, go get it. You have to check. Well, Jesus is not saying that. He's saying, yeah, okay. Come, check me out. And you will find. He says, take my yoke and learn from me and you will find that I am humble and gentle of heart. You will find that I check out. You will find that I am safe. What I'm saying to you is do that. Not in emergencies. Do it. Do it today. There is nothing holding it back. We have, there's nothing that Jesus won't take. I know the insecurities. I'm not good enough. I have so much to do. I have so many worries. I have these areas which I battle with. I have these behaviors which I'm ashamed of. I have these secrets which I'm frightened will be somehow made public. I have these people I'm angry at. I look at others and I compare myself and I'm either disappointed in myself or disappointed in them. There's lots and lots of impediments that we can put in the way, but the reality is Jesus can deal with all of them if we put him in the middle. But it has to be Jesus right in the middle. Once we say, well, Jesus is all very well, but I follow God in whatever form you want to say it. Jesus is not in the middle. 
Well, I want to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus is not in the middle. But if Jesus is in the middle, he will reveal the Father. You won't miss out on God. If Jesus is in the middle, you will start to know whether it's the Holy Spirit prompting you or not. You don't lose anything by Jesus in the middle. But you have to put Jesus in the middle. What he offers is adequacy, contentment, joy, excitement, possibility, hope. A life bigger than you have now with no losses, only the ones you choose. That's an easy yoke. So if you want that, put the yoke on. But I am, I am offering this spiritually. No yoke, no rest. Choose a heavy yoke or a light yoke. But no yoke, no rest. If you want to build your own life, you carry a yoke to do it. And every once in a while, there might be a stolen, trouble-free barbecue, as long as everybody behaves themselves. But when you get to bed, what's coming tomorrow starts crowding you. Trust me, I've been there. We have to take it on. We actually have to do this and learn. So that's my encouragement to you today. The Bible is full of what Jesus said and did. We should learn it, read it, understand it. But more, if we spend time with Jesus, he will reveal himself to you personally. If you have never experienced that, you can today. Jesus is an actual person. He's risen and alive. He's not a historical character. He's a current character. And you can have that. And he will give you a yoke that brings rest if only we will learn from him. Nothing should keep us from Jesus. If you haven't met Jesus, let me introduce you. If you've never put that yoke on, let's pray for you and you can maybe do that today. Jesus at the center paradoxically gives you more than you at the center. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to we wanna have rest. We want to enter into us. But Lord, each one of us craves it when we're under pressure, when things don't make sense, when we're worried about family or work or jobs or health. We want rest, Lord. It tires us out and wears us down. And often we don't know what to do. But we believe your promise that if we take your yoke on, it is light and easy and we can learn from a humble and loving and gentle Jesus. Just give us the faith and the courage, Lord, today to put you in the center, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.